It's been an honor serving with you all. Coming up, Jean-Luc Picard, Riker, and Worf go on a suicide mission to rescue Jack Crusher from the clutches of the Borg Queen. Titan is still under the control of the Collective. We have to find a way to disconnect this ship from fleet formation. Seven and Nine and Rafi fight tooth and nail to take back control of the Titan. Destroy the cube now and we kill everyone down there. If we wait, it's everyone else in the galaxy. Beverly Crusher makes a heartbreaking decision that could kill everyone she loves. But look at you, a chip off the old block. My father told me all about you. And an omnipotent being once the bane of Jean-Luc's existence pays Jack a surprise visit from the dead. All this and more coming up as Energize salutes the series finale of Star Trek Picard. Energize. Energize. We're jumping to warp speed with Jean-Luc Picard and the Star Trek Next Generation crew. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Picard podcast. Your source for in-depth analysis, colorful debate, and exciting discussions about the final adventure of Admiral Jean-Luc Picard and the Enterprise D crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. This week, the Federation is under full assault by its assimilated officers as Picard and the Enterprise crew try to rescue an unplugged Jack Crusher from the Borg Collective. And Seven of Nine and Rafi take on their assimilated crew members for control of the ship and the entire compromised fleet. Can Picard and his crew save his son and the Federation before it's too late? Here's a warp speed recap of the series finale of Star Trek Picard, Episode 10, The Last Generation. Long range sensors are picking up a Borg vessel. Jupiter, sir. Borg must be amplifying it from somewhere on that cube. Our objective is clear. Locate it and destroy it. That will sever the connection to the assimilated fleet. Titan is still under the control of the Collective. We have to find a way to disconnect this ship from fleet formation. Jack! You hear me? Concentrate, move firepower, command. Fire, Jack, fire, I'm fire. here. Yeah. I'm here to take you. Lepudis has returned. We've taken a direct hit. All systems non-responsive. Commander, the Borg crew are making their way to the bridge. Without that cloak, we're dead in the water. I vowed never to return to the Collective. I've been running for half of my life, but not now. Now I have something to go back for. Okay, Steve. Oh my gosh, where do we start? Oh, where do we start? I don't, I don't know. I am. I don't know. Um, I'm. I'm. Spe- <laughs> I'm crying. I'm upset. I'm- <laughs> I'm experiencing a wide range of emotions, Uh, elation, sadness. Oh my God. um, What do you say? Jubilation. You, you name it. I'm feeling it. Uh, Heartwarming, beautiful. And this is the end, the end, the end. And you know, it's funny, Anthony, I was thinking like, I didn't feel this way when next generation ended in 94, 
simply because in that beautiful last episode, All Good Things, we knew that, you know, a year later there'd be a movie. Oh, they're making a movie. We'll be fine. I didn't feel that sadness. It was it was a lovely ending. But now this is like the end, the end, the end, period, end of story. Yes, there's definitely a sense of finality uh, with this. So, so, yeah. So, in this episode, you know, John Luke Picard and Enterprise D crew members are aboard their old ship and they go on a rescue mission yeah. to save Jack Crusher. And are the, 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 the deal is to rescue him and to stop the signal that has all of the Federation's youngest crew members biologically, which I thought was very great and a very cool scheme, yeah. part of very the board collective. Yeah, and, and even though they kind of got rid of changelings in a way, we see the progression there. They use the changelings to implant Borg technology biologically into these young cadets. And it was a really well-thought-out, great idea. You have um, you know two main storylines that are happening simultaneously. You have Seven and Rafi um, aboard the Titan, and they're the lone right. wolves, you know, <laughs> trying to prevent a total collapse yeah. of Earth's defenses. Yeah, and, and the whole time I'm thinking, okay, what, you know, I, I just get this sense of dread, like someone's going to die, someone's going to sacrifice, uh, you know, I, I just had the, the whole time, I'm like, we're not all getting out of here alive, how is this going to end, and, and, and what kind of cliffhangers, or, or if there are any, or surprises, will there be at the end, because you know they're going to serve that up. Exactly, I felt the same way, so the biggest question was, how was it all going to end? And there was a shocking surprise at the end. So let's dive straight in, Steve. Let's do it. This is President Anton Chekhov of the United Federation of Planets broadcasting on all emergency channels. Do not approach Earth. So uh, we start off with, um, you know, a a distress call or not even a distress call, an actual warning from the president of the Federation, who is Anton Chekhov. And there was a little bit of right. fan service there, doubly. Well, one, because it's the son of Pavel Chekhov. And of course, because it's Anton and Anton Yelchin played Chekhov in the movies. And, you know, he was killed uh, a few years ago. So I, th- I, as soon as I heard that, I knew that's what it was. And I just thought it was a beautiful thing to do. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was such a great nod in two, you know, in two directions. Yeah. One bringing yeah. Walter Cohen back uh, to hear his voice. Yeah. I knew that was him immediately. And Oh, for sure. Yeah. And yeah. and the 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 nod towards Anton the, or dedication yeah. or tribute towards him and just that yeah. feeling of desperation, the crackly message and in the ending with good luck. <laughs> good luck. And it was interesting that, you know, Koenig kept going kind of in and out of the Chekhov voice just in case a few of us didn't realize who it was. Um, So I thought that that was kind of cool, too. Long-range sensors are picking up a board vessel. Jupiter, sir. Laying a course. Maximum war. Aye, Captain. Engage. And so Picard and company aboard the Enterprise D were heading towards Earth, but they pick up that there's a vessel, a board vessel uh, at Jupiter. Which, um, yeah. And so they fly there and they find it hiding in the eye. <laughs> so yeah, I, I love this because it remind. Yeah, I loved it because it reminded me. I don't know if you know this movie, 2010, the year we make contact. Yes, um, it's the sequel to 2001, uh, directed by Peter Hyams. Uh, uh, Roy Scheider stars in it. They go out there and they're right over the eye and they see that uh, monolith. So I'm thinking, well, they're going to find this 
the Borg cube and boom, there it is. Not only in front of the eye, but like integrated into the eye, which I thought was very interesting. Oh, very much so. And so uh, it makes complete sense that they would be within our solar system because that signal has yeah. to be strong enough to completely change um, um, all of our, our youngins <laughs> within the fleet. Diana, can you Jack? Jack is there. But he's totally consumed by the collective. Beverly, you know, is able to identify uh, Jack's life signs aboard the Borg ship. And, he's, yeah. you know, he's completely interfaced. And, they, and, yeah. and, because, and because there's interference, they're going to have to bo- uh, board that Borg cube. Yeah, and here I'm wondering, like, what's the situation here? Jack went there willingly. I think he meant to kill her because he raised the gun or the phaser rather but he gave up really fast and I'm wondering is he there as a spy a double agent what are we going to find when we get there that scared me yeah yeah I I think he went there with good intentions but he was just outmatched I think he's just a young kid who doesn't know what he's playing with what he's up against yeah he's yeah and he's always gotten out of things so maybe thinks he can get out of this one yep you're not going alone and I will make it a threesome you even hear yourself? So because we have to go over there, Picard is obviously going to go. That's his son. And loyal loyal William Riker decides he's going to come and Worf is going to join yep. him. <laughs> I'll make it a threesome. <clears throat> Worf goes, yeah, I'll make it a threesome. And Riker's like, do you even hear yourself? Yeah. It's so I, great. I mean, go ahead. they make Worf. Worf was the absolute comic relief this whole season. I loved it. He, he was kind of the comic relief, I guess. During this series, you know, now and then it was very funny. But in this in this uh, season, he was just awesome and so funny. So funny. Oh, the writers did a great job. And it, they didn't yeah. they didn't like uh, undermine his character. They didn't make, no. him, you know, they, they didn't make they didn't make him a joke. He just had good jokes well, written and he was still classic Worf, but just a kinder, was, gentler, and, and, funnier one. More caring. He, he's twenty years later, Worf, just like Picard was twenty years later, and everybody else is twenty years later. We've we haven't seen these people in twenty years. Of course, they've changed, and I love just to your point how the writers really stuck the landing on each character's change. It just was fantastic. Mister LaForge, you have the bridge. Aye, sir. It's been an honor serving with you all. So uh, Picard gives the command to LaForge, so he has the bridge. and uh, oh, Love that. Yeah, yeah, it's just awesome and inappropriate. And, I, yeah. I, you know, these were, what happens next is just one of many moments across this this whole episode that, you know, literally had me in tears. I'm like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Here comes the first yeah. one. Well, the first one is, you know, Riker stops. He pauses before he goes to the turbo lift and he looks at Deanna and they just share a look. And, you know, you know, my thought is that's the last time they're going to see each other. And they kind of accept that. They're like, OK, I don't need to say anything to you. We've had 35 years. God knows more than that. They, How long is their story? Long before TNG. They've had decades together. And, and, and she's I'm a beta thinking, zoid, so he didn't die. have to say it. Yeah. <laughs> he, just, he just felt sure. it. Right. And then Picard stops and he turns around and he's like, it's been an honor serving with you. And it was such a wonderful moment. It, it's one of those things that you see in movies, especially in military movies, 
where someone says, gentlemen, it's been an honor serving with you. And, you know, it's always the thing you say. But in this case, that wasn't this mission. That was, it's been an honor for the last 35 years. And again, I'm thinking, they're going to die. And I start freaking out. I don't want to watch it anymore. I'm like, they're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're being sent on a uh, trajectory. Like, yeah. somebody's going to die. Yeah. No movement. No sound. A cube this size, there should be thousands of drones. Armies. You appear to be oddly disappointed you're not outnumbered. And so they, they beam aboard the Borg cube, and we find that the ship yep. is dead. Pretty much dead. There aren't yeah, Borg soldiers everywhere. And the ones that they come across yeah. are being are, are deteriorating as if their flesh is being cannibalized. Yeah, it, it, it's being absorbed, and you're like, well, what does that mean? Like, I, you know, I always wondered what happens to an old Borg. You know, and now we kind of find out they they're starting to deteriorate. There's no defenses like they thought there would be. There's no thousands of drones walking around. It's kind of a ghost town, so to speak. Yep. And so then um, another touching moment happens and Picard part, you know, uh, parts ways with uh, Riker and Worf. The time has come for us to part ways. I can no longer be your captain. I now have to be a father. He's now, you know, taking on the role of being a father. I'm going after my son. And yeah. this one got me more than the first him saying it was an honor to his crew. I know. He's like, and, and again, I'm thinking someone's dying here and I'm just waiting for who, who's it going to be? Which one of these three, if not all of them, are going to die? Because they just keep setting up these tearful goodbyes. And it's one of two things. Either they're all going to die and this is a goodbye, or they're just letting each other know how much they love each other. Uh, we'll find out. But either way, it didn't matter. It was just like, wow. Yeah. Wow. And that's Worf's like, there's two things Klingons don't admit. Uh, one of them is defeat, and the other one is farewell. And he, they just turn and they go. And it was just perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And it, was, it was just so well acted by Patrick Stewart. And uh, yeah. Jonathan well, Frakes. I mean, genius. it was just really, really yeah. cool because you could feel it. You, yeah. and I think their their true friendship because we all know that they have always gotten together throughout the years. Oh, sure. They're, they're true sure. friends, they're, and but yeah, you could are. feel the their 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 character friendship and their true life friendship yeah. in that moment. And uh, he yeah, just for sure. his voice cracked. He was just like, you know, I I appreciate you. You know, it was good. Yeah, that was real. They might have even. Shot that at a time, maybe it was the last shot, who knows? But, um, yeah, you know, I'm not crying, you're crying, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> and I think, I think, you know, this whole this whole section here was just, you know, a big, you know, a, a moment to put all your affairs in order. And so, Beverly attempts to apologize, yeah. uh, for hiding Jack's existence from Picard all those years, right. and right. Picard gives her grace, Jean Luc. I, Beverly. You thought of Jack from the beginning, shielding him from danger. He's like, look, you have been, every choice you made was the right one. You you wanted to keep him out of danger, and that was the right thing to do. And just considering all they've been through, I just think that that was the most generous thing. And again, if you think you're going to die, like Picard might have thought, you're going to forgive people. You're going to you're going to be generous and gracious. And he was. Yep. Yep. And um, just like I said, another not a lot of words needed. Just 
No, not 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 with this crew. No, nope. no, no, no. And I, I think that's well played. It wasn't overwritten, and so I, I really yeah. appreciate that that um, the writers respected the um, the synergy between them all, the chemistry well, between them all. Yeah, and, and 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 you know, you say writers in this episode. It was Terry Mateus who who wrote the whole thing. He wrote and directed this episode. Oh yeah, so it it, it shows because there was one yeah. voice. And it's interesting to me. I never heard of Terry before Picard. And I'm like, how did you become such a super fan? I guess he was just a super fan. He's always you know? been I mean, around. He's, he's up, he started, you yeah. know, like on, <laughs> in the lowest ranks and worked himself up through yeah. the uh, Star Trek uh, Paramount world. Well, he, they finally got someone who knows what the hell they're doing because he just did a, just a yeoman's job. Just a phenomenal job. Jack. You hear me? Concentrate. Wolf firepower. Come on. Fire, Jack, fire, I'm fire. here. I'm here to take you. Lacutus <laughs> has returned. So Picard finds Jack, and he's all plugged in, of course. And very ironically, he has is basically the new Locutus. He looks like him too, because he's got the same kind of facial implants. They didn't dig into the eye, which they didn't do with Locutus either. But he's got that kind of round face thing going. Yep. Yep, except he has his hair, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, and yeah. yep, and then we find uh, a decaying Borg queen. Oh, Alice God. Krieg is back. Yes, yes, and so we hear that voice again, which is that unmistakable original Borg queen voice, and she. We finally get to see her, but she's not like she was in First Contact. She's wildly deformed, and she looks like an old tree that has been sapped of water. She's just a mess. You can see her ribs. There's some crap growing on her face. She's not in a good space. Yep, and she welcomes Picard home. So we've come full circle in Picard's storyline. Right. It, well, in the in the Borg Picard storyline, Yeah, exactly. Sure. You're a liar, a deceiver. You've wormed your way into his head. He found me at the very edge of space where you left Poison. So we find out that the Borg was crippled by Picard's one of Picard's last interactions with them, and the Federation left yeah. them di- left them dying. Um, yeah. When she and I, th- I, I think I think that was the the Hugh uh, algorithm that yes. they planted into the Borg. Yep, that makes uh, complete sense. I, and it, and it wasn't an algorithm, but it was Hugh. Uh, you know, putting Hugh back into the Bork really split them up. And now we see, and this is interesting to me because there's several things going on here. Just last season, we saw the Borg queen in full regalia, uh, but she was in an alternate timeline. Okay. So that makes sense. So that's not Alice Krieg Borg queen. I get that. But we also saw the Borg queen in Voyager. You know, she's been around. So, um, it's curious to say to for me to wonder how did she actually get here and is this the one true Borg queen? I believe so. <laughs> I think it's the one yeah. true Borg queen. It was the one that Picard went head to head with. And so um yeah, yeah so it's Alice Creek, you're right. So somehow Which means some that way there is she one contacted Borg with queen. Jack when he was in the outer yeah. reaches. But but let me let me just ask you a question. Yeah. So he split her spine at the end of first contact. Yes. Right? Then uh, she shows up in Voyager or something, and I think she shows up in Enterprise, and she definitely shows up in last season. And I think the the the, the way they write it away is they say, 
oh, you three-dimensional creatures have such little idea of what time is, right? They always kind of just dismiss it with, oh, you don't get it, do you? But yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> like, her spine was snapped. How did she come back? I'm So that that just remains confusing for me. I, I want that explained somehow. I know. I know. It's, it's worth explaining. But nonetheless, she's here, but she's crippled. And uh, that's how they formed their partnership with the Changelings. And they they came to the realization that the only way that we can evolve is to forego assimilation. You know, that's right. that's old. That's an old way yeah. of uh, thinking and it's an old approach. And we're going to go with, yeah. you know, all evolution. in on evolution, which is the what they did, the biological way. Which is brilliant because it relies not on conquer, but subterfuge. And the way just... I don't know who's had the idea to put the changelings with the Borg and the changelings with the agents of changeling, so to speak, and they deliver Borg. To, I just the whole thing with the, the, the with the transfers and the beaming, uh, Picard's DNA. It's oh my god! You, you need a, a a PhD from MIT to figure it all out. But it was just genius. The sword. Oh, shit. No idea that heavy. So uh, Worf and Riker do end up battling with some board drones. And, you know, Worf is Worf. I mean, he was kicking ass, but he also took some hits himself. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, he gets injured and I'm like, is this guy, is this where he dies? Right. He gets shot, I think, once. Um, yeah. Riker. But, Riker jumps in and saves yeah. him. Finds the phaser yeah. in his battle with handle. Yeah. He pulls it. Yeah, the, the, he goes. You've you've had a phaser there the whole time, and he's like, uh, you know, swords are more fun. Yeah, yeah, classic wharf, and that's what I go yeah. back to. That's classic wharf. That's classic wharf. Exactly. Yeah. Meanwhile, the the Borg cube attacks the Enterprise D, yeah. and Beverly's at tactical, and she kicks ass yeah. to the point to oh to everyone's amazement. Doctor, I didn't have time to work on the weapon system, so you're gonna have to do it manually. Torpedoes away, locking phasers and returning fire. There's a moment she fires full spread and she fires the phasers and they all just, and, and she knocks out all of the gun turrets from the Borg cube that they needed to do, like in one swoop. And they all just kind of slowly turn and look at her and she's just like, yeah, lots happened in the last 20 years. Yep. It was so great. Yep. So, you know, our big thing now is we've, we've identified the source you know they're they're yeah. you know within the heart of the cube, and they have to go get there yeah. to destroy it. And so, um, so that source that source is that beacon, yeah, right? is the beacon. And, and we've seen we've seen the term beacon before in First Contact. They were trying to build an interplexing interplexing beacon over the deflector dish too. So it's always a beacon that they're trying to reach other people. Data, what the hell are you doing? I've got this, Jordy. Data, it's impossible. Data? Trust me. Data, I said no. So Data wants to fly it in there, but, you know, Jordy's a little hesitant about yeah. it. But, you know, Data, right. new Data, I like new Data. You know, he's... Oh, he's you like, know, I think I do too. Yeah, he's he's more emotional and he's, you know... Uh, but he's he, not Data with the emotion chip, right? He's not like, I can't handle these feelings. He's like, okay, I'm going to bounce back and forth. And when he's serious, he's Data. And when he's personality part you know some of the lore is in there yeah he's kind of perfect actually. yeah yeah he's perfect he's the the complete 
he's the complete whole person now. And so yeah. he convinces Jordy to let him do it. But yeah, but he's the perfect guy to do it he, because he can process things at a uh, well, an exponential like, speed. I know, and I think that maybe Jordy forgot that he's a machine because they're like, it would take billions of calculations to fly our way into the cube and get right to the... And he's like, I can do that. And he's like, no, Data. It's impossible. And he's like, he should have just said, dude, I'm an android. But he's like, no, I, he appeals to his heart. And he's like, trust me, I can do this. And he does it like a human would do. And they're like, okay, let's go with Data's gut. All right, you two, seal the lift doors. Lock us in here. Everyone, stations. While Picard and company have been, you know, you know, taking on the board queen in the in the cube and trying to rescue Jack, Seven of Nine and Rafi have been <laughs> having a bloody battle of their own, starting yeah. with trying yeah. to take back the Titan. I loved it. She's so badass. It's fantastic. And, you know, there's a lot going on here. And the um, they get into the bridge and they're able to get the kids out of the bridge by um, transporting them. So it's a kind of a weird thing. They shoot at them. And when they get hit, these, these Borg children, they just beam immediately out. It's a really weird and interesting defense. It's a new idea, which I thought was great. Oh, yeah, that was uh, really, really... Where are they really, going? We're not sure. Yeah, really cool. I mean, and like I said yeah. before, um, in, a pre- in previous episodes of uh, Energize, I mean, Jerry Ryan has just done a superb job um, all around in her acting and, and, and making yeah. Seven this uh, force to reckon with. Yeah, I agree. She's had, She has not had a bad moment the last three years. I think that this is the Seven of Nine that Jerry Ryan always wanted to play. In uh, Voyager, she had to be more Borg-like and put her hair up and be, you know, I want to explore human sexuality, you know, and all that and just that silliness. But now she's just like, fuck that. I'm a, I'm a ranger and I'm going for it. And Yeah, she's, she's reached icon phenomenal. status. I think so. I agree. She's in there. She's in the Pantheon. Yeah. There's a Federation ship near a, a Borg keep. It's Picard. They're engaging the Borg. So, like you said, that bridge yeah. takeover scene was brilliant. I, I didn't know how it was going to go down. It was crazy. But once they take over the bridge, yeah. you know, she basically has the remaining adults with her. Yeah. And there's this one guy. He's a cook. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, and she's like, uh, take the take the um, pilot seat. And he's like, uh, I'm a cook. Like, see, like and he starts explaining. He's like, see, I shouldn't even be here because my mom got sick. And then my brother got like shingles. And, and, and <laughs> I gave a like, pilot Take training. your station. You're a pilot, dude. <laughs> You're a pilot now. You're a pilot. Sit down. Sit down. And what happens is that's never explored again. The guy ends up doing these phenomenal maneuvers. Um, well, I mean, they had to do it. But anyway. Yeah, you do but what you got to do. Out, yeah, you do what you got to do. Seven and Rafi find out that Picard is there on the Borg cube and trying to buy time. Uh, they're trying to buy time for each other, really. They need to, like, hold off the fleet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, I mean it's in dire straits because uh, Space Dock is on the verge of going down, which is the, in, yeah. the entire defense grid for Earth. Which, to me, is a little strange because, like, for the entire planet, you have this one Space Dock that's the entire defense grid? That confused me a little. Well, I think of it as control. Maybe it's, you know, central. I mean, that is a big, like a that is a big platform. Yeah, well, it was huge, but, I mean, it's it's in one geosynchronous spot, right? So, 
I mean, if there were like 10 space docks, I'd get it. And they were all linked. But you've the thing the, the thing about it that I was confused about is you had the most intense armada, hundreds of ships, all just continuously firing on this thing. How did it stay up so long? How did it last? I have it no idea, but I, I assume since this is Earth, this is the hub of the Federation, that yeah. it is reinforced to the hilt. Fleet formation is using a kind of line of sight propagation. In other words, if they can't see us, they can't control us. So Rafi and Seven uh, figure out that the fleet is using some kind of line of sight line of sight propagation. So if the Titan cloaks, yeah. that they can't be controlled. Yeah, that was a great move. So Seven has prefix codes to to the ships. So that takes down yeah. their shields, which is great because that gives them a fighting so chance great. to roll over them. Right. So they go by and they just start, you know, laying out fire under cloak, which was great. Yeah. Or they lay out fire, then they cloak. Yeah, yeah, just jump, jumping in and out of cloak. And so it, it yeah. really serves the Titan well. And so, yeah. you know, in, in true Seven Spirit, she and her crew are the lone wolves, and she gives this great speech. The Borg have taken our crew, taken our captain. But in this moment, here and now, we are all that is left of Starfleet. It's up to us. In that yeah. moment, I'm like, she is truly a captain. Captain, 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 captain. Yes. And they and they've been they've been setting her up not just this season, but all three years, from being a ranger to where she is now, to a reluctant, you know, uh, first officer to now, you know, someone who really will take command in a fight. And yeah, yeah, I've without seen- a doubt. An incredible character. Yes. I've seen interviews with her, and I'm so glad that she decided to come back because she thought that she had closed the book on, on that character. And it, yeah. it was great that that she was convinced to come back because it, it yeah. allowed her to stretch her legs in a way that she never was able to before with the Seven of Nine well, character. that's probably why she came back. If they're like, well, you're still a Borg, you're still this, she'd be like, no, I'm not going to do that. But they're like, no, 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 it's been 20 years. You've got a personality. You're a badass, blah, 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 blah. She's probably like, yeah, okay, I'll play that part. We are the Borg. Resistance is futile. Eliminate all assimilated. So space dock falls and Earth is vulnerable. Uh, I can never say vulnerable. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And so that leaves all the major cities, you know, just ripe for destruction. And um, well, now they're targeted, right? So they, there's all these red dots Philadelphia, on all the San cities Francisco. of the world. God damn! I mean, all the uh, European cities, everything. Yeah, yeah. We're about to get Scary. dropped, kicked. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. so I mean, the stakes are really, really high. Time is short, and you know, yeah. we've got to stop this signal once and for all. So, but the Titans in jeopardy. Sydney and the assimilated bridge crew uh, have escaped the locked transporter room, and they destroy the cloaking device. Oh, they're just shooting at it. Yep. Right. They're just destroying it, and and it's so heartbreaking because both uh, Sydney and her sister. Alondra? Yes. Um, they're just, they're kind of just like together and they're robotic and it's like they're not sisters anymore. They're just Borg. They just lose all sense of their individuality. It really is sad. Wait, are you seeing this? Beacon is interfaced to the very substructure of the ship. 
Firing on it would trigger a cataclysmic chain reaction. We destroy the beacon. We destroy the cube itself. Now we're getting, you know, to the nit down to the wire. This is down to the nitty gritty. Yep. And so, yeah. um, so aboard Titan, you know, Sydney LaForge and the simulator crew, you know, are heading to the bridge. So uh, yeah. Seven and, and Rafi know that they're coming. And so you know that <laughs> somebody might die once again. You yeah. know, this again. is it. Yeah, yeah. And while that's happening, uh, we're back on the Enterprise and they find the beacon, but it's smack dab in the heart of the cube. And they find out, too, if they shoot it and destroy it, it's going to destroy the cube. And who's in the cube? But, you know, our three guys and Jack Crusher. Yep. And and so, the, you know, they warn him and say, listen, you know, once we blow it, you've got maybe about a minute. And yeah. um, Riker tells Troy, you know, I, I can't leave Picard. Right. Of course. And she's like, oh, my God, again with the Picard. Right. But she gets it. She's heartbroken. But, you know, it's like, OK, but let's get this let's get you out of there yeah and then you know they all know what the stakes are they all know that we need to stop this and this is when the most amazing thing happens picard you know he's been kind of unplugging jack a little bit here a little bit there and the board queen's like that's not going to work it doesn't matter and jack's still transmitting and finally he grabs the one hose or connection that he knows is the most important and she's like, what are you doing? She knows exactly what's going on. And right then I'm like, I know exactly what he's doing. He's going to plug himself back into the collective. What are you doing? I vowed never to return to the collective. I've been running for half of my life. But not now. Now I have something to go back for. Stop! He's going to be Locutus again. And boy, was he. He shoves that thing in his neck. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The next thing we see is right back to the assimilation. You know, in in season three, we see him again. I am Locutus and all that. Oh, my God, Anthony. It was unbelievable. Oh, uh, yeah. Like I said, full circle. I mean, they really went full circle with uh, Picard and the Borg story. And so, you know, yeah. we find Jack. You know, he, he meets up with Jack. And, you know, Jack doesn't want to leave. No, he's like, I found my home. This is it. I, I, I get it. Uh, this is what I was. This is preordained before I was born. Yep. this is where I belong. Yep, uniformity, lack of suffering, everything works together. Yeah, in, yeah. in conjunction yeah. with each other, perfect symmetry. And so, you know, Picard makes a very good point. You know, perfection isn't evolution; it's death. Real perfection is striving for perfection, not being perfect. There's no such thing, and it is a huge emotional moment because Picard tells Jack, "You know, you're the part of my life that I didn't know was missing," and you've changed my life and you know here's a synthetic android 82 years old telling his son you've changed my life it's amazing yep and at the same time they um the beacon is destroyed and so well they decide they have to shoot it yeah barely barely you know begrudgingly not begrudgingly but sadly you know she knows what she has to do needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one and so they she the order's given Fire torpedoes. So the beacon is destroyed. Everything's collapsing around. And, 
You know, right. we only have like a, a few minutes before they'll all be killed. And, um, you know, Picard knows this and he tells Jack that he won't leave. He'll stay with him until the end. And that's a father. And and Worf and, and uh, Riker are looking at each other like, OK, you know, and Worf is like, this is a good death. You know, and they're just all ready to accept it. I was ready to accept it. And uh, we see this huge emotion of I'm not leaving you from Picard. And it's that moment where Jack snaps out of being a Borg. I'll stay with you. Till the end. You have changed my life. Forever. It was really exciting. And to me, even though I should have seen it coming, I was a little surprised. I did not see that coming. I was excited that he got himself out of it. Yeah, it, it was great. A father's love. And I, I think, you know, we can we can relate to that as fathers. And Of course. And yeah. It, 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 was, it was just such a good moment, and it, it made complete sense. I love you, Amzani. We'll be waiting. Me and our boy. They're out. And Deanna, you know, senses where they are and brings the ship to them oh, and beams them that out. That was so great. So, like, yeah, so they're, they're, they're in there. They've already shot. And they're about to leave because they know it's futile to try to save them. Forgive the futile pun. But Deanna's like, hang on a sec. She gets a sense because Riker was saying goodbye to her. Yes. And, and, and she sensed that. She's like, I know where they are. She sits in one of the comms where Jordy used to sit, by the way. And she takes them in. And this is my favorite shot of the entire episode, if not one of my favorite of this season. They're all looking up. The sky opens up in this board cube and the Enterprise D comes down, pivots, turns around, does a full yaw and rests right over them. And you could see all these details of the Enterprise D you didn't see before. All the Aztec design of the plating. And by the way, I just want to go back to the beginning when we saw the Enterprise D much more detail than we ever saw in TNG. Like you can see in the windows, you can see what's going on. In some you could see tent forward. Yes, I was just about to say that forward. for the first time. Oh I was like, my "Oh God, so amazing!" So I want to watch it again just for that. Yep, yep. So it it was great. So and, they beam them out. Yep, beam them out. They did it. Come here, come on. And then, uh, of course, that unplugs the fleet. The Borg Queen's destroyed. And uh, just as Sydney and the assimilated crew members reach the bridge, and they're about to go, you know, toe-to-toe one last time with Rafi and Seven, they unplug. And, you know, Sydney seems to remember what has been done and she is distraught yeah. and of course seven hugs her it's interesting because they're all standing there like what just happened i don't know what's happening and i'm like damn generation z of course you don't know what's happening you just killed you know, everybody snappers <laughs> you just killed everybody um so i want to talk about this for a moment so um picard and Riker and jack and Worf returned to the bridge safe now, here's the thing. They all survived. Everybody did. All the main characters, except uh, Shaw. Shaw from last week. 
I have to admit to you, I was a little disappointed. When Riker said goodbye, I really thought that was it. I thought, that's it for Riker. That's his goodbye. Not disappointed like I needed them to die or wanted them to die, but it was almost a little too perfect, this ending, because I think it would have been a much better or much deeper gut punch Maybe if Picard stayed back with Jack and they just went with the ship, right? That would have been an interesting end to Picard because he's like 35 years of this Borg. It's, it ends tonight, right? And I'm thinking, okay, you might end with it. Kind of like, you know, at the end of Game of Thrones when the hound grabbed his brother and they fell into the fire. Like, I was looking for something that was a bit of a sacrifice and I was a little surprised that they didn't do it. Or it could have been is? received as, well, oh crap, it could have been the Searcy situation and her brother. Death by building. Right. Which that would have been pissed. Right. That was terrible. <laughs> but I don't think the way Terry Metalis has been doing this, that's not the way it would have ended. I think it could have been a really beautiful death for someone. I'm glad they all survived. I love them all. But as a goodbye, I think it would have been interesting if maybe even Picard had said goodbye. But that's neither here nor there. No, no, no. Do you agree or do you think do you think it was okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine with it. I didn't want to. I've already been on a, enough of an emotional roller coaster. Didn't for them to go ahead and just stab me straight through the heart with a battle lift yeah. and losing someone oh, to wrap this up. I would just cry it on out. But uh, they, I know. yeah, That's true. but they all reunite on the bridge. You know, emotion hugs. We're all here, and Worf is yeah. sitting there snoring. <laughs> Welcome to the Enterprise. Now we're in the aftermath, and uh, Beverly Crusher has been uh, promoted uh, promoted to admiral, and she is now removing all the board code from ev- everyone as they beam through, and they're scanning for changelings, and they catch a changeling in the in the uh, transformer, and they grab them, and it's great. And then who do we see? Tuvok. Oh my God! And they explain it like, oh, even, you know, it turns out they weren't that terrible to our senior officers after all. After all, and Tuvok is sitting there and he's reviewing Seven's actions, basically saying, "Listen, you disobeyed orders, you stole a ship, blah blah blah." And Seven's like, "Say no more. I'm just going to resign." Hanson is reckless. She's unrelenting. Doesn't give a damn about protocol or procedure. However. that she writes is going to be great and the rules that she breaks maybe they were broken to begin with so in light of that I have a recommendation promotion to captain when we return to port and then Tuvok plays uh, Captain Shaw's review of her which uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was done prior to them going on, going on this whole entire mission. Without a doubt. They said that. They, they said, this is your view, review before you even got going on this mission. And, he, and you know, Shaw's just like, she's a pain in the ass. She doesn't follow orders. She, you know, is a rebel. And he said, that said, maybe we need to have rules broken. I've never known someone so loyal and so determined. And I would highly re- recommend her for captain. And I... I will when we get back from this mission. And it just was, and, you know, and, and Jerry Ryan produces for the first time in my recollection, a tear. 
And that was a real tear. She sat there and listened to him and cried. And it was just beautiful. And Tuvok says, I reject your resignation. Nicely done. So great. Now, here's one thing I thought was going to happen. And we didn't see it. There was one person that I thought was going to show up this season. And they didn't. Jane, Who was it? Janeway. Jane, Janeway. Where was Janeway? Is she too busy being a holodeck program in uh, Prodigy? Did they, I mean, where was the Janeway? That was probably the, the biggest appoint, uh, disappointment for me was I wanted to see, yeah. you know, Kath, Admiral Catherine Janeway. And uh, she just, yeah. you know, I was just like, oh, you couldn't get Kate Mulgrew to do it. Yeah, it surprised me. Maybe she just doesn't want to be seen. I, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So, but we got Tuvok and I was happy about that. Yeah. As, sure. as the two of them were close anyway. Yeah. So it, yeah, they were on the ship for seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were like close on the ship, so I mean, it, it made sense. So I, I'm not mad at it. Be happy with your family. Raphaela, warrior of the House of Musikura. And you, Worf, House of Martok, continue to be a warrior for peace. So we go to Rafi and uh, we find her, you know, speaking to her son, um, her estranged son, and he wants her to meet the granddaughter. Yeah. It was so cute. And that's great because that was a whole thing from the first season. And, 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 you know, she's so excited about it. And Worf walks in and he's just like, you know, this is, this is good. And family is good. And. You know, this is good for you. And and they hug. Yes. And it was a great, great moment. I loved it. Warrior to warrior. They both acknowledged yes. the, each other by their houses. Yeah, I like that too. And it was almost like master and student too. And and I like that. I like that Rafi was such a part of this, you know, team. Because it's not like the next generation crew's like, oh, no, we can't have anybody else in. No, Rafi got to be in, Seven got to be in, Jack got to be in. It was nice. Yeah, very very nice moment. And then we find Data yeah. in a counseling session with Deanna Troy. <laughs> You're almost there. We've gone past our time by over an hour. Again. It's fascinating, isn't it? Sometimes I feel joyful. Others, melancholy. Anxiety and ease, some anger. I witnessed an ensign beating his cat the other day. And I wept. She's just trying to plan a vacation, right? She wants to get out of there. I think I think the joke there was we're either going to the uh Lemper Prime or Orlando. Um, <laughs> it's but, still there, is Disney but, still there? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Yep. But Data's just going like, it's weird having these emotions because sometimes I feel really excited and other times I feel upset. And what does that mean? And, that's, and uh, having emotions is almost as hard as wondering what it was like to have emotions. He's just, he just keeps going on and on. And she, and she goes, oh, we've, been, we've gone an hour over. Time's up. Again. <laughs> again. Uh, but he finally lets her go. It was great. If ever there was better evidence that the past mattered, 
It's right here. How many times has she managed to save the world? No doubt more than the years will allow three old men to remember. You know, it's difficult to imagine what we all might have been without her. Different, certainly. But certainly not better. And so um, we we jump to uh, one year later, and we find yeah. Jordy, Riker, and Picard on the bridge of the Enterprise. It's back at the uh, Fleet well, Museum. It, it is now, yeah, it's now perched outside the Fleet Museum. It's no longer in that uh, in the hangar hangar bay. Yeah, it's there in one of the circles, and it's proudly displayed. And they're they're in that they're on the bridge, the three of them, and uh, they're just like, okay, man. You know, this ship has gotten us through so many adventures. It's saved our lives a billion times, you know? Yep. And it's kind of like you've done your part and now you can rest, Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's he says, computer, you know, begin shutdown sequence. And, of course, the voice is Major Barrett. And I didn't say this last week, and I should have, but they used her voice last week, too. Yep. Uh, I meant to say that, and I I feel sad that I didn't mention that because to hear her voice, it's just you expect that in the Enterprise D, yeah. right? And and they you know they they obviously pulled that from old files, but it was just wonderful to hear her. Yeah, and Riker's like miss that voice. Yeah, yeah, it was just. I mean, they just. I don't know who, who Terry Metalis is, but he just knows how to punch you right in the heart, and I mean like over and over and over. He's just. Amazing. You want more love? I'll give you more love. You want more motion? I'll give you more motion. <laughs> there you go. You can have it. He gave it. Here it is. Yeah, yeah. Suck it up. Yep. So now yeah. we, we jump to a shuttle and Admirals Cr- Admirals Crusher and Picard yeah. are with Jack and he's in a uniform yes. and they're headed to Space Dock. Admiral Picard, Admiral Crusher, welcome to Space Dock. I can't believe this. You're actually nervous. Please. I've run transport through Tyrellian minefields. I've had phaser fights with Oralex duelists. I am not nervous. Well, you're pacing nervously. So did I the day of my first posting. I walked a light year in a circle before I mustered the courage to beam aboard. Which, and he's nervous, and it's like, okay, wait, remember he said, I'll never be Starfleet, I'll never be Starfleet, and his... He's gone full force, right? He's now Starfleet. And like, why are you so nervous? And Picard's like, I remember my first day. I was so nervous. And he and Jack says, I may not be nervous for the reason you think. And when they open the um, the doors, there's the Titan. And, and Picard says, oh, you're going to be on the Titan. He's like, nah, not goes, quite. Not exactly. Now, what is the ship's been reclassified and renamed. Yep, it is now the Enterprise G in the, in honor of what Picard and company did to save the Federation and everyone. So let me ask you this. What happens to the Enterprise F? Um, I, I think it's still around. I just think that they just reclassified, reclassified the ship because that was the ship that saved everyone. That explanation works for me. I don't know if they sufficiently explained that. Maybe they did, but when I saw Enterprise G, I was a little taken aback. I was like, wait a second. That's a small little Titan ship. It's not the beautiful futuristic ship that the F is with the double neck and all the stuff that it has. It's kind of this smaller ship. So what's the deal there? I I do want to know. Are there two Enterprises now? What's the story? Um, I don't know. I don't know. But it had already been just, uh, you know, 
we redone, and it was part of the Neo Con- uh, Constellation class. So it, it's yeah. a new ship, you know, and I just okay. think it was just the tip of the hat, you know. Instead of throwing them on a new ship, why not Why not christen this ship, the one that saved mm. everyone? Eh, I, think okay. it's, I think it was I, fitting. That's a good argument. So Jack goes to the bridge, and uh, he sits down in the chair, and there's that wonderful moment, like, out of the chair... Yep. <laughs> and this is Rafi, who's now Commander Rafi, yeah. kicks him out of the chair. Yeah, number one. Yep, yep. she's number one. And our captain, our captain of the Enterprise, it's... is seven of nine. All right, this is a shakedown cruise only, everyone. Get ready for departure. I still can't believe Starfleet saw fit to give a thief, a pirate, and a spy their own ship. Bunch of ne'er-do-wells and rule breakers, really. What could possibly go wrong? And Jack is now uh, has been appointed as a special counselor to the captain right. in the left hand, uh, <laughs> I guess. Which is uh, again kind of an interesting post. Um, is that nepotism? Is he a counselor? What's the deal there? Who knows? Um, yes, uh, Jack there, already acknowledged a... the nepotism when he was in the shuttle with his parents. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. if he's still it's... maintaining some of his skills. I think that he would be best served being at the left hand of the captain. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I think it's an interesting idea. Here's one thing they didn't do this season. They kept Seven and Rafi apart the entire time until the very end. They were boy girlfriend and girlfriend, right? I mean, what happened to that whole story? They were together. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that she went on her mission and they were going in separate paths and I think that was that was the Are deal. Are they together though, or is it over? Who, it's, it's like, a, uh, I got, it's like I got an Orville it, situation. That it was over, but there's still some lingering something or another. But uh, it's so all that good. might be. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so, so, the, oh, please go ahead. No, no, start it off. Go ahead. Well, of course, the big joke now around all these series is: what are you going to say when it's time to leave space dock? Everyone's got a something, right? Um. And so they're like, what's it going to be, uh, Seven of Nine? What's your catchphrase? There's, is it engage? Is it let's fly? What is it? And and she starts to think about it, and Jack kind of interrupts. It's a big deal, you know? Uh, they Don't blow this. And she's just like, I don't know. And then she starts to think of something, and she opens her mouth, and we cut to the ship warping away. So that was a nice little trick. Yeah, nice little cliffhanger, because it's all a setup. It's got to be a setup for Star Trek Legacy. You think so? Yes, you because so. everybody's wanted. The okay. hashtag is out there. Okay. Terry okay. Metalis wants right. this. He is, you know, asked for, you know, so asked he's, for he'll be showrunner. Yeah. So we're, okay. we're just waiting okay. to see if they will do it. And I think the fact that Picard, it, you know, made it into the top 10 of, of streaming speaks volumes. Yeah. So we well, will yeah, see. And, I, and, and there's no reason not to do it. There's no reason not to do it because they've got the money to do it and there's an interest. So make the damn show. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know? So we catch up to the Enterprise D crew, our next generation gang, you know, back at the bar. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I think this is the end of the road. We close this place down again. <laughs> Kynan's been giving us the side-eye for the last half an hour. Mm. That's because a certain someone has drained the bar of blood wine, Doctor. <laughs> Let's have some music. No. Oh, come on, Warp, you have the most adorable voice. Mm. Have another glass of prune so Perhaps it is time to call it a night. <laughs> there is a tide in the affairs of men which, taken at the flood, leads on to fortune. We're grateful to have ridden the tide with you. 
And they mentioned Guinan, but she's not there. But Picard is generously flowing, and everyone's got something. Riker's got some kind of whiskey. Looks like Deanna's got Romulan ale. Uh, they're all drinking, making, and you could tell there were some jokes there. I mean, there's a couple little things thrown in, including Data trying to tell a joke. They're like, Data, say something. And he's like, uh, there once was a girl from Nantucket. They're like, no, not that, which you know is an inside joke. Yes, totally, totally, totally. Yeah. And then, you know, Picard offers a toast. I mean, just a very appropriate and moving toast. And then it's a beautiful it's, quote. Yeah, a quote. Yeah, and it's on to playing poker. Yep. Just as all good and, things and ended. It's same thing. Same shot, too. That overhead <clears throat> shot. But they really linger on it. They're watching them play. it, And you can see while they're showing their faces, they're genuinely having a good time. My guess is, I could be wrong, they saved that shot for the end, which probably would have been a great idea to do, just to, to get them there and knowing it's the last time. Um, and despite the fact that part of me would have been more moved if we lost someone. I was so grateful that we didn't. Everybody's there. They're all playing poker. And it just was such a beautiful and appropriate ending. And it was a wonderful send-off. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. So the end credits yeah. go. We're done. But yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. But wait. There's more. <clears throat> a la Marvel. A la Marvel. Yes. Thank you, Marvel. <laughs> Young mortal, you have much ahead of you. You told my father that humanity's trial was over. It is, for him. But I'm here today because of you. You see, yours, Jack, has just begun. Jack is in his quarters, and he's standing there, and we're like, oh, something's up. And I'm thinking, oh, is it the Borg Queen? Is it a cube thing? Blah, blah, blah. Who shows up? Q! Q! And he, Jack's like, didn't you die? And Q's like, oh, again, the explanation to end all explanations. You mortals are so two-dimensional or three-dimensional. Or linear. Whatever. Yeah, linear. Exactly. Thank you. Linear. <clears throat> He's like, he says, well, I thought the trial ended. He's like, Picard's did, but yours is just beginning. <laughs> no, anyway, I like it. I like uh, it. It's a, it's a nice twist. And in, in Q, oh. in, in, for Q... Because Q did have that power to move all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, he might have yeah. died for Picard. Yeah. But um, he could have jumped, well, to, jumped maybe, to the future for Jack. Uh, yeah, maybe he did. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I'm done trying to make sense of some of these things. I, as long as, you know, fans love it and I love it and it's always great to see Q. And So if there is a legacy, that means there's going to be an Enterprise G with Captain Seven and Rafi and... Crusher, I assume they're calling him Jack Crusher, not Jack Picard. Yep. Um, Sydney LaForge. And Sydney LaForge and whoever that dude was, and and maybe the other LaForge, Alondra. And then, oh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, but I think that I think we will have him. a parade of um, next generation timeline folks that'll come in and out. Because that's how you would yes, get a wharf. Because Worf has still got like you know lots to roll with. You get, you would still get. Okay, Jonathan so Frakes. you're saying you're saying this is not the goodbye from this team. They could show up now and then. Yeah, it's it. It was the goodbye for them as the original team. The crew. The yeah. crew. Yeah. The crew. The, yeah. But 
you is you don't have to sail all the characters off into the sunset. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, I think Jordy will probably be a big part of it. I hope he would be because uh, uh, I love him. I think probably Spiner's done, but yeah, you never know. You never know, and I and I, you know, I, I think it's I think it's perfect. It's a perfect way of bridging it instead of just going flat out all new characters, which is always hard. Yeah. It's always hard because yes. you've got to get invested. I kind of like I watched the yeah. show FBI. Did three FBIs, uh-huh. but I only watched two of yeah. them because <laughs> you know the first FBI was really great. The second FBI, uh, Most Wanted, really worked. But then they did the third one, and it's just it's oh. it was no disrespect to it. They've had some really good episodes, but it was hard to kind of yeah. connect with these mm. you know, these new actors because it wasn't there wasn't anybody to bridge it. Right. So they did do that. They bridged with that whole. They've got the whole crew set up and ready to go. Yep. And so um, this works. So this this great. could really really and, work. And it could be a whole. Well, it was a year later. That's true. But it could be a whole thing about, you know repairing the fleet and I, I don't know who the enemy is going to be this time we'll have to see yeah. because and then you can, then the you board, can bring in DS9 fight? characters that we, we haven't seen you got Voyager I mean not Voyager but uh, uh, yeah Voyager characters that can come in Voyager, and out yeah. I mean there's a lot yeah. of room to play with to, to give okay. this show some juice and then build on okay. these new characters. I'm in. Yeah. I'll watch it. We'll cover it. Yeah. We'll cover it here on Energize. Yeah, there you go. So um, a wonderful, wonderful season. I I, oh. I just can't say enough good things. And I just... It was a wonderful It was a wonderful 35 years. Yes. I'm so grateful that I was alive during Star Trek. I'm as old as Star Trek is, exactly. And I, I it's always been a part of my life, and I just... And TNG has a special place in my heart, and I know it does for you. And it's just what what a wonderful, wonderful way to go out. Oh yeah, the way who I am, the way I think, how I approach life, my logic. I mean, I've told yeah. people this before. I mean, that is attributed yeah. from TOS through all the Star Trek series. I mean, I, I have yeah. that outlook on life, and I wish more people yeah. had it. I think we'd be in a much better place. I agree. I totally agree. Star Trek could save us. All right. Well. We're at the end, so let's talk about our favorite moment across the whole, well, this episode and the whole thing. Well, okay, fair enough. Uh, For this episode, I'm going to go back to the graphics again, even though every part of this episode I loved. um, I just loved, I I can't believe I'm saying this, the Enterprise D has been my least favorite ship. And yet I fell in love with it for the last two episodes. And this the, the beginning of the episode, when they zoomed in on it, you can look into 10 Ford and all these other places. To me, I just got so giddy. I love what they're doing with all of the all of the graphics. So I got to just say, everything was great, but I love that. Okay. Well, for me in this episode, it was just all of the touching moments between all of the characters. Well acted. And that speaks across the entire series. So much was said without words. Yeah. And they really right. did a good job of having good writing with good acting without the words, with looks and, and yeah. pauses. They let this breathe. Yeah. And it's much appreciated. That, that, that shows the caliber of writing. When you know to back off and the it, words. Right. And it shows the genius of Terry Metalis to say, you know what? I'm not going to mess with these people. They're legends. I'm going to let them do their thing and nudge them in the right direction. But I'm going to let them do what they do. And, and he, he should be commended as a showrunner because 
the whole season. If you want to think about just the whole season, it was the wonderful bit-by-bit addition of each character. It started with Beverly, and then we saw Worf, and then we saw uh, Riker, and then we saw Jordy, and it just bringing everybody back. To me, that was what made the season so wonderful. They said two years ago, there will be no Next Generation reunion, but I think they softened, and they caved to fans' expectations, and they gave us, in my opinion, one of the best seasons ever of Star Trek. Well, folks, that concludes this episode and this season of Energize. Yes. We're going to be back in June with uh, Strange New Worlds Season 2. Yes, I cannot wait. So, the uh, trailer's already out, yes, and they're they already—they've uh, yeah. check it out. They've already given us teases as to what's to come. So I'm looking. I'm, yeah, it looks it looks it looks really great. Yeah, eagerly looking forward to it. For more information, you can go to our website www.energizepodcasts.com. Also, my book, The Mindset Chronicles, Book One: The Deletion, is available on Amazon. Search Steve Truitt or The Deletion. Thanks for listening. I am Anthony McLemore. I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper. That's right.